Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Emerson. And Bridget Spackman. And we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. I don't even know how to intro this episode, but (laughs) just know it is going to be filled with some reality checks and tough love. Bridget and I are going to talk about what teaching is really like, especially lately. And we're going to be brutally honest. Obviously, we want this episode to still be uplifting. So we are going to share some strategies for dealing with these realities. But we just feel like this is an episode that we have to record and put out into the universe because teaching is hard. Teachers are exhausted and the world of education is changing and not necessarily in good ways. Yeah, absolutely. But first, before we get into that episode, we're going to listen to a TSH from Mary Ellen. Mary Ellen says, currently, my TSH is balancing my work and home life. I have recently started a second job at my school, but because of that, I start working as soon as the students leave. This takes away time to get stuff done in my room before I go home. Also, now when I get home, I am exhausted after a 12-hour workday. Do you have any suggestions for how to maximize my time at both? both school and home. You both have crazy packed days. So how do you keep your heads above water? Mm. I'm going to respond. And honestly, it's probably not going to be what you want to hear. We have shared so many tips and strategies for managing your time and they can definitely help. But at the end of the day, we are all just one person and we need to stop expecting the world from ourselves. Lady, you are working multiple jobs and still trying to figure out how to get more things done. It's wonderful that you want to improve, but you also have to be realistic with what your body can physically and mentally handle. So my advice is to take things off your plate. I get it. Like you may have to work both jobs, but what responsibilities, especially at school, can you take off your plate so you don't have to do as much? That's how I kept my head above water with everything. Like I started saying no to things that didn't match my goals and I let go of things that weren't necessary because at the end of the day, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. Yeah, I definitely agree with Michelle on that one. You have a lot going on and honestly, It might seem like we do a lot, but the reality is, is that we've gotten really, really good at saying no to things. This means that we prioritize areas in our life to ensure that we don't go completely crazy. However, if you are like set on trying to get more things done, then you need to start with batching and blocking out your day. Create a calendar of times for when you are working. What times can you focus on getting things done and things off on your to-do list? I have my planning period from 8 to 8.30. So even though that is like my work time, I can still try and get things done off of my to-do list, if that makes sense. So create that block and manage your tasks by doing two things. One, batching and creating times that you need to complete and accomplish this task. This will help you to manage your time better and see what you can and cannot get done. And then finally, make sure to block time to veg and give back to you. Please do not overdo it because two jobs and doing all the things isn't sustainable for long. I know it because I did it and I wish you all the best. Yeah. I mean, I think what you just said about it not being sustainable is so accurate because that that was me for the longest time. Like at the end of the day, you can do it for a certain amount of time and then you're just like, why, why am I doing this? Like this is, doesn't make sense. So this episode, I'm just warning y'all now, it's going to be heavy 
we are going to be very honest about what teaching is currently like and our feelings about it. Before we jump into that, like, let's kind of quickly address, like, why do we feel the need to talk about this? It's no secret that teachers are leaving the profession in droves. It needs to be addressed why this is happening and then how we can shift our perspective to be able to change that. Ultimately, we need teachers. So we have to look at what we can do differently to keep good teachers who are leaving in the classroom. A lot of teachers, the ones that are leaving are the ones who have like poured their heart and souls into teaching. And I mean, I identify this with this because obviously like I left the classroom and I do think my situation is different because I didn't leave due to a lot of the issues within teaching. I left because I was tired of balancing two full-time jobs and it just got to the point where it's like, I, I just need to kind of pick one to focus on right now. And I had been working two jobs since I started teaching, but a lot of people are like, when are you going back? And I'm like, with the way everything is right now, I can't say I'm overly excited to go back. Like that's just the reality. Yeah, it is important to just really understand what you're up against. Um, I think in order to just face it on, right? We believe in the proactive approach and the problem solving approach. And so if we talk about it and then we can determine like how we can fix it or find ways just to make it a little bit easier on ourselves. So while this episode may seem negative and heavy, there are are still good things that come from teaching. You know, that moment that a kid reads for the first time or figures out a challenging math concept, you know, or the kid that just comes in and just makes you laugh. Like you might be having the worst day, but you have this kid who just wants to chat you up. We really need to ask ourselves those questions of like, why? Why? Why is this happening? Yeah. So let's jump into it. I think the easiest and most Mm -hmm. obvious answer to that question is just that teaching is different now. And I think this is something teachers have always experienced, like that whole reality of what teaching actually is versus what you thought it would be like, right? Especially in undergrad. I love working with teachers who are still in college because they're just, they're like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, right? Like they just have (laughs) this like super positive outlook on like what teaching is and what it will be. And we all kind of realize that it's not what we thought when we get into it. And that is sad because it should be that, that glamorous vision of what you hope it will be. It's just not. Well, here's the thing. I, I just, I think it's just because so many colleges don't prepare you. Absolutely. They don't prepare you at all. I mean, you think that you're getting everything that you need in order to be successful in this job. But the reality is that they're not. Mm -hmm. They're not teaching us time management. They're not helping us with that organization, how to be productive, how to separate that work-life balance for Mary Ellen, like at the beginning, like how to have that separation. We are not taught that. Mm -hmm. And so we go in, you know, just giving our, giving everything Um, and then completely overworking ourselves by the end of it. Well, yeah. And I think back to like student teaching, because obviously when you're in kind of undergrad and you may be going and visiting classes and maybe observing or teaching like a lesson here or there, when Mm -hmm. you shift from that to your student teaching, it's kind of an eye opener and you're like, oh, okay, now I'm like full in it. Right. Right. And I remember at the time, like being really stressed out during my student teaching and feeling like it was so much. And then you go from student teaching to the actual classroom and you're like, holy 
guacamole. I had no idea how much my mentor teacher was doing behind the scenes, yeah. right? And <laughs> it's a lot. And so that it just blows your mind because you're not prepared for all of those little things that come up as a teacher that you have to deal with, the decisions you have to make, the things that you have to do in order to keep your classroom running. You're not prepared for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. But I also think, and I, I know I probably say this every single time we kind of have these chatty episodes, I think social media is to blame for a lot of it too. Yeah. Because we put, not only are we not one being prepared for it, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't really know what we're getting into when we first start, but then we see what other teachers are doing and it's not realistic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not real. It's like, it's fluffy and pretty and just, it is exhausting. And it's like, you feel as though you have to look like these like Instagram teachers. And it's like, but that's not the reality of teaching. The reality of teaching is that you take out a piece of paper and you just do it on a paper versus something that you've printed and <laughs> created and spent so many times doing. Yep. Do you know what I mean? And that's not to say that you're a bad teacher if you're doing it that way. It's just more real and yeah. it's simple. And so we have to like lower the bar for ourselves yeah. in so many ways um, because you know, with social media and it just becoming so much because it wasn't like that when I first started teaching. No, but I like will it say, just started. I think social media has shifted some to now showing more of that like reality and like the bad with the good because I hope so. You know, I've been on social media since before I started teaching. I started following teachers while I was in college. Okay. And during that time, it very much was that highlight reel. You better be showing the best of the best or don't even bother posting. I have seen this shift to now like embracing here's my messy desk. Here's what my classroom right. actually looks like. And that's great. But now it's almost like if you're somewhere in between, it's like, well, screw you because, and maybe that's not the right way to put it, but it's almost like, oh, well, your classroom's not perfect, but it's also not as messy as theirs. So like, right. why are you even showing this? You know what I mean? It still feels right. like a competition. Well, and I even feel as though it's not even just about the messiness and embracing like the messiness of it. I also think that it's embracing the strategies and what we do as teachers and how we build our lessons. Yeah. Because let's be honest, lesson planning is stressful. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing that just kind of we all put into our heads that we have to create the very, very best lesson mm -hmm. every single time. And that we need to create a production, like a production of engagement to be able to like capture our kids' our kids' attention. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that that's that's not real. We, you can't do that all the time. No. And I don't think that as Instagram teachers, we don't I don't I don't see enough of that. And maybe it's just because I don't follow a lot of Instagram teachers anymore. And I'm just not on social media as much anymore because but I don't see that. I yeah. mean, do you see that? Do you see like real simple like lessons like, oh, here's like a passage and here's like something they did on their dry erase board? <laughs> no, I think that's a really good point. You don't see a lot of that. And you want to know why, at least in my opinion, because teachers on social media need to stop judging each other. And people are so oh, scared to post things because <laughs> yeah. they're going to get ripped apart because it's boring or because they used this 
material instead of that material. Like stop judging other teachers because you don't know the behind the scenes. You don't know their kids. You don't know if what they're doing is best for their students. We need to give all teachers the benefit of the doubt that they are in this profession because they love kids and they're trying to do the best they can. It may not always be the best, right? Like we always look back at our first few years of teaching and we're like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Like we're all learning and growing. That's part of being human. So we need to take off this pressure that we all need to already have things figured out and we're allowed to make mistakes. Like, can we stop expecting the world from teachers and teachers need to stop tearing down other teachers for making mistakes? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, as we kind of look at this whole perspective of just how has like teaching changed over these last like few years, because I I do think like the pandemic and everything that we went through has really caused like a huge shift and change in, in how we're, yeah, how education is going right now. Let's like look at how things are kind of happening in the classroom mm-hmm. from like the students. Mm-hmm. I love my babies. I do. I love them very, very much. It, there is less interaction when it comes yep. with kids right now. Yep. Like it is, I cannot tell you like how much I feel as though I fight with social media when it comes to kids with, you know, just the overall like lack and need and desire to want to even try. Mm-hmm. You know, we went for so long where it was like, it's okay. We'll just meet you where you're at. You don't have to try. You don't have to do a lot. You're going through a lot. You need to focus on you and being healthy and this and that. And so now I feel like <laughs> we've said that for two years, two and a half years. And it's like, okay, but I need you to learn now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the kids are like, no. I don't want to. Yeah. And honestly, I think that's something just in society in general. It's like we need to find that balance, right? Because so many of us, it's like we have these two extremes. And so there's the people who are like, (laughs) you have to grind and work hard every second of every day in order to make it. And then there's the people who are like, no, be loosey-goosey, like take (laughs) time for you and then take time for you to take time for you. And it's just like, oh my gosh. It needs to be somewhere in the middle. Yes, you need to take breaks. You need to take time for yourself. You need to give yourself grace. And the same goes for your students. But at the end of the day, we also need to have moments where we work hard. That's part of of where success comes from. It's not going to be handed to you. You do have to put in effort. Yeah. And and I think the balance is like the biggest thing. And I know we've talked about how like, you know, that we did a whole episode on like, does balance actually exist? Like, how does that even look? But I, you know, it's something that we do have to teach kids. And if we don't start at a young age Mm -hmm. and teaching kids how to be responsible, how to do some of these things, but also enjoy life and enjoy like the simple things and take time for themselves. Yeah. Then, I mean, they're going to grow up to be screwed up adults living and it's just going to be a continuing cycle, right? Like we're never going to be able to break that cycle and fix it. And so it's just, I don't know, it's so hard right now. And then there's that whole like, well, the kids are really behind. Mm -hmm. They're super behind from the last two and a half years. We need to get them caught up. Mm -hmm. And so then that's putting pressure on kids. Kids' anxieties are like rising like Mm -hmm. crazy. I can't tell you how many of my students like have anxiety issues. And I'm trying to understand where they're coming from. But at the same time, I'm like, but you still got to do this. Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. it doesn't go away. Like if you are stressed out, it doesn't go away just because you don't want to do it right now. Right. That's not how it works. Right. 
But then it also puts pressure on us because, you know, this year I'm losing a month and a half of instructional time just because of all the brand new assessments that I'm having to do yep. to determine how, where my kids are when yep. I can flat out tell you where my kids are. Yep. <laughs> you want me to tell you? I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. And then on top of all of that, as if that's not enough already, suddenly, and I feel like this has really come out during the pandemic, we shifted from teachers are heroes. I don't know how they do what they do, but they deserve a million dollars to everything you do is being questioned. Why are you doing this? Why are you using this material? Why are you reading this book? And it's like, suddenly teachers are not being treated like professionals who have degrees in what they are doing. It's like all of that is out the window. And now it's like, nope, they, they, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. It's ridiculous. You know, so I, I might get a lot of hate. I'm going to say it, Michelle. I'm just going to say it. So I agree with that. I definitely agree that we are being questioned. I also wonder, because again, I'm going to go back to social media where we're putting a lot out there mm -hmm, as teachers, mm -hmm. right? Some of us aren't acting as professionals. I agree. I 100% agree. we make silly videos, either making fun of our kids or we talk about how much we're like, oh, so tired and dreaded. And we hate, I'm sorry, you don't see a doctor doing that. And if you did, you wouldn't want to go see that doctor. No, I, I think that is a completely <laughs> you know what valid I mean? point. Yes. We don't act like professionals. So when I go to school every day and I am dressed in, if y'all saw the way that I dress, I dress like I'm a very boring person. I wear lots of black. Simple. I wear lots of tans. Simple. I'm a simple person. <laughs> but I think that I dress in a way that's very elegant and simple and it's timeless. Like I, I look like a professional. Yeah. Whereas other people, I mean, as much as I love the themes, the dress ups, the, all of it, it's just, do you look like a professional? Do you feel like a professional going into school that day? I, I completely agree. I think as we say I, this, no, go ahead. I just, I could, maybe it's balance. I don't know. Well, but at the same time, it's like you can't share so much of that. I don't know. I think to me, this is a case of the whole what came first, the chicken or the egg? Because <laughs> I think a lot of what teachers are now doing through social media, it's because of everything we're talking about, right? Like I got started on social media because it was this realization of, wow, the classroom is not what I thought it would be, right? right. It's not right. the reality. And this goes back to what we said at the beginning, that causes stress and overwhelm and all mm -hmm. of those things. And so it's like, you need an outlet for it. And so I think as more teachers get on social media, I think that is contributing to the decrease in trust of teachers. But then as that starts happening, teachers get even more upset because they're like, don't Correct. you see everything I'm putting into this, the time, the energy, the money. And right. so it, it, it all just starts to snowball. Correct. It is definitely a spiraling um, element yeah. that's kind of happening there, right? Like it's just, it. what we're trying to do is we see it as we're doing something that's positive and fun and, you know, exciting for kids. But at the same time, parents are looking at it like, why are you doing that? Like, yeah. this is ridiculous. Like, I want you to just teach my kids, not have them do a fun song and play a game. Like, where's the content that my kids are learning? And so parents are then questioning what's mm -hmm. happening mm -hmm. because all they see is to them, not to me, but to them, ridiculousness, right? Yeah. They see like as playtime. And so it's, it's that 
it's that piece there that I think, you know, we do need to start. If we want to be seen as professionals, I do think that you have to start acting like a professional. Yeah. Right. You need to start, you know, limiting some of the things that you're posting, whether what whatever it is that you're posting on social media. Don't post some of the negative things. Post the great things. You know, post the things that your kids are learning. Talk about, you know, in a professional way how it's happening. And it goes back to that. If you had a lawyer or a doctor who was posting some of these things about their patients and funny things and being silly, you probably wouldn't want to have them taking care of you or representing you at the end of the day. And that's how these parents feel. Yeah. And I think it's like you said, it's all about how you do it because I will say like from the teacher perspective, there is something very comforting when you hear, you know, another teacher telling a story and you're like, oh, thank goodness. It's not just me that's dealing with this. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think it's all about framing it as like, well, here's the story and here's what I learned from it. Here's how this helped me. Here's how I'm moving forward. You know what I mean? I like stuck my finger in like my camera (laughs) to Michelle because I was like, yes, that is, you are so spot on. That's perfect. You know, because I think about, like you mentioned doctors. And so I think about all the episodes of Grey's Anatomy that I've watched over the years. And it's like, in all the episodes as she's meeting these different patients and having these different experiences, like it changes her, right? And so it's like this learn, grow, adapt, and share that with other teachers so that they can benefit from it too. But you know, with all of this going on, with the behavior problems, we have less control over our lessons. Oh, let's talk about that you know, real quick. <laughs> how is this affecting us? I think the biggest like overarching issue is that now suddenly teachers feel like they are not doing what they once loved. Like what they signed up for is not what they're actually doing as a teacher. And, you know, so kind of going back to some of the behavior issues, because I know that there have been a lot of teachers who are just saying, I can't deal with the behaviors anymore. I can't deal with the behaviors from students. You know, it's causing me anxiety. It's causing me to feel this way. And I just need to leave the profession just in general. Mm -hmm. And the reason for it, and here's kind of what I have observed in my own building. Okay. So here's my observation. I think that we don't love what we're doing because of so many other, you Mm -hmm. know, factors that are kind of happening and we are feeling negative. We're not feeling valued, Mm -hmm. but then that starts to translate into how we are talking and handling our kids, which is then causing the behaviors Mm -hmm. to happen Mm -hmm. because I will see classes who are walking down the hallway and they are a hot freaking mess express. And they're like, Bridget, well, how are your, how's your class so straight and quiet? And like, they're like doing what they're supposed to do because I stop them and I go back over it and I may, I repeat myself over and over and over again. You're walking in the front of your line, not even looking back at people, not even saying anything. And your kids are walking down like a hot mess. So when they come into your classroom, they're also a hot mess, which is then going to spiral into them not behaving and listening and then not following the directions that you want them to follow. Right. Like, it's because you have this negative feel that's then translating into how you are handling situations at school that's not helping you in any way. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. And we know when it comes to, especially with students, consistency is key, which let's just put it out there. Consistency has been all over the place because of the pandemic over the past yes. you know, two years. I get that. But I also think like as teachers, it's like because we feel so underappreciated. We're feeling demoralized because we're like, this is not what I signed up for. We're not motivated. We're drained. We're exhausted. 
we feel like we're working as hard as we can, but it's like nothing is helping. And then that's where that consistency drops off. Cause it's like, why am I doing this? If it doesn't make a difference anyway, it's that like very just defeating feeling where it's almost like giving up. Right. Yeah. No, it definitely is. And I think that's been kind of the big piece for why so many people are, you know, not happy with their profession. They're either wanting to move school districts, move jobs, move grade levels, because they feel as though that that's going to fix it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the reality is, is that's not going to fix it because the kids are going to be the kids wherever you go. You're still going to encounter the same issues. And this is why we talked about like, you know, earlier in the episode, how we try to be proactive and we try to always come at it from a problem solving viewpoint. Mm -hmm. So we try to think about like, okay, so I get that this is happening, but like, how can I fix it? Michelle and I are not the people to talk to if all you want to do is sit there and complain. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of it, we're going to ask, okay, but what are you going to do about it? You're sitting here complaining, but now you got to try to figure out how to fix it because it's never going to go away. Yep. I recently saw a quote and it was negative people have a problem for every solution. And it's like, no matter how many suggestions you give, those are the people who are always going to be like, well, yeah, but what about this? And at the end of the day, if that's the game you want to play, go for it. I can't help you. Like that no. is a personal decision. So if you want to jump on with us of the perspective of, you know what, like it may not be a perfect solution, but it can at least make some things better. Like that's what Bridget and I focus on. We are all about, you have a problem, let's find a solution. So we're going to now kind of share just a couple of little things that we feel like really can make a difference. It, again, it may not solve everything, but it can at least help. And I think the first one is just reframing what we think teaching is and having a realistic view of what teaching is. As you were talking about the whole like kids being a hot mess walking down the hallway. Yes. It made me think about, because y'all know I've gotten a dog. It, it made me think about kind of training my dog, right? So here's what I mean by that. There are certain things that we need to just expect. Like students walking down the hall, I kind of expect them to be a hot mess. Like I know that that's going to happen. So I have to, instead of getting upset, why are y'all like all over the place? Why are you talking? You know what? Because they're kids and I expect them to do that. So what am I going to do? Like I need to just have a different mindset. It's like when I take Ember for a walk, (laughs) I know she loves to stop and sniff every blade of grass along the way. And there have been times where I'm like getting so frustrated. I'm like, come on, like we don't have all day for this walk. Let's go. Now, when I go into the walk, I expect her to want to stop and sniff. So I'm either proactive and, you know, I kind of give her a little bit of time and then it's like, all right, let's go. Or I'm going to, you know, tell her no, if I see her kind of going off on the path, or I'm just going to be more calm as I address it because I expect it to happen. It's not a surprise. Yeah, I definitely think having just that realistic view of what teaching is now will help you kind of understand what you're going to be tackling and focusing on. And that's the big thing is like you can't focus on what you can control like or you can't control, excuse me. You have to really focus on what you're able to control. And so for you, you know, making sure that 
you know, you're kind of saying no to her as mm-hmm. you start to see her kind of weaning off. That's what you can control. Yep. So the things that you can't control is if she has to go and, you know, do a number two right there. And Thank goodness. <laughs> she does not use the bathroom on our walks. That's so good. I know. That's really good. It's glorious. <laughs> But we do. We really do have to focus on what we're able to control. Like for me this year, I can't control how many assessments that they're making me do. What I can control is when I'm putting those assessments into place, how long I'm giving to for those assessments, how long it's going to take me to finish uh, grading the assessments and uploading them to the database. Like I can control how I organize it in my classroom. I can't control that I have to give it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's the big thing is that a lot of the times we just get sucked into this, we just hate it, hate it, hate it, Mm -hmm. hate it, hate it Mm -hmm. mindset that it's so hard to pull ourselves out of it that I just, it's just, it's difficult. I don't know. I remember when I switched from second grade to fourth grade, I had become so accustomed to, I can teach like curriculum wise, pretty much whatever I want. Obviously I have to stick to the standards, but the way that I teach it is completely up to me. And when I switched to fourth grade, suddenly it was, Hey, our district has this curriculum that we wrote and we think it's the best. And we want you to teach it this way. And I struggled with that. The best. And whatever. (laughs) And so for the longest time I was, I was very bitter about it. Like you said, it's this whole, like, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. So at the end of the day, I took a step back and it's like, okay, I have to teach the curriculum that they want me to teach. I cannot control that. What I can control is how I show up for my students, like the energy that I bring to the lesson, the way that I move my body and the way that I word things and the way I move around the room as I teach it. I can control that. And that can make a big difference in terms of my student engagement, in terms of them actually grasping the content. So I think that is a big one, like focusing on what you can control versus what you can't. But let's talk about some of those negative Mm. people, right? Because we mentioned that whole, the people who are just like, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Remove those things that aren't serving you, whether it's those negative coworkers. Bridget talked about social media. Like, do you want to talk about that? Because you said how you're not on social media as much as you used to be. I definitely don't get on as much as I used to. um, And I just don't like scroll. So like if I end up posting a picture, I post a picture and then I kind of look for the few people that really do inspire me, motivate me, get me excited about whatever it is that I kind of want to look for. Mm -hmm. I look for those specific people, but then I move on. I don't just sit there and I aimlessly, although I did yesterday. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Uh, But I try not to sit there and aimlessly scroll. And I went through, what was it, like two months where I completely deleted social media off of my phone. And it was such a huge difference. I honestly think social media is such a negative place. It really is. It is not a place of positivity and making you happy. I think it makes you feel horrible about yourself. It sucks this time away from you and it just makes you feel so sluggish and it feels as though you haven't accomplished anything because you've gone down like the TikTok hole or whatever it might be. And if you want to use it as an escape, by all means, do that. But try to focus on other areas versus just the teachings aspect that's going to kind of bring you down as a person. Yes, I will say I think there are a lot of people on social media that are very negative and that 
bring you those negative feelings, make you feel bad about yourself, et cetera. But I do think it all depends on who you follow because there yes. are a few people that I follow and I'll be honest, they're not in the education space. And I think that's what you were touching on. Like it can be these other areas of your life. Like there's this one girl I follow who's in Australia. She's mostly like kind of health and fitness related. I think I've mentioned her before. She shares these like posed versus unposed photos and it just shows you like the reality. Oh yeah. Is it the one where she has like, she shows you your body of what it looks yes. like? Yes. And like the rolls yes. and the dimples. Yes. Her name is Brie Lenahan. And I just, she is just like a ray of sunshine. And her stories, because she'll post about things that she's doing, but it's always super positive. And I just follow her and I'm just like, yes, girl. Like she just makes me yeah. feel excited for my day. So yes. again, like unfollow the people that don't bring you joy, the people yeah. that aren't serving you. Because ultimately at the end of the day, if it's just going to bring you down, it's like, what are you getting out of that? I think it goes back, and I know how much Michelle and I love Atomic Habits, but it goes back to Atomic Habits and choosing the identity that you want to have mm -hmm. and being that person. If you want to be seen as a professional, follow some professionals. Follow people who you feel like are real, true professionals and start embodying some of the things that they do. If you want to find people who are more real and authentic with what they're doing, find some of those people and just kind of stay away from the others that are just going to make you feel as though like it's going to bring you down. Yeah. And I think that identity piece is like the important, important aspect of it. Yeah. And we've touched on this a little bit, but we also need to focus on improving our efficiency. Yes. So this goes back to what I was saying about that balance between like giving time for yourself, but also working hard. I'm going to say it because people always come at me for this. Like I'll talk about work efficiency and working hard and they're always like, yeah, but too much is asked of teachers. 100%. I agree. The expectations and responsibilities for teachers need to be lower. But going back to what we already said, what you can control versus what you can't. You may not be able to control certain expectations or responsibilities that you have. Mm -hmm. However, we need to be honest with ourselves and our work ethic. Because there are some people out there who, I'm sorry, but I just don't think they're putting in the work that should be put in, once again, to be a professional. And I think, I love relating teaching to other areas. I just, I love a good analogy. Yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> so there is a Facebook group that I belong to. It's called Macros Inc. It's health and fitness related, but there's like 360,000 people in this group. So you get a lot of different perspectives and there are certain people that are like coaches and this one coach posted in there and he talked about like, what do you need to be honest with yourself about? And he talked about how, when he first started trying to lose weight, like he told himself, like he was, you know, putting his all into his workouts. But then when he honestly evaluated it, he looked at it and he's like, you know what? No, like I need to step it up in this area. Like I'm half budding. Y'all know what word I wanted to throw in there. I'm half budding my workouts. Like I'm not really nice. putting it all <laughs> into it. And so I think we all do need to be honest with ourselves and our work ethic. And, and some of us do need to increase it. Like, yeah, 
it's all just about staying focused, right? And not kind of using that opportunity to talk and socialize and be with your your coworkers and just kind of hang out. It's not a hanging out situation. You go to work to do work. Like when I'm at work, I focus on getting work done. I'm with my students. I'm making grades. I'm making copies. I'm doing the things that I need to do, planning out my lessons. I'm utilizing that time because I know that I want to leave school at 3.45 every single day. I do get there like an hour early than I have to, but that's the choice that I make because I know I'm a little bit of a Mm -hmm. slower starter. But for me, I want to leave at 345 so that I can come home when my boys are coming home from school and I can spend time with my family. And that helps to create that work-life balance that so many of us want. I don't bring work home. If you look at my backpack, I have a laptop and an iPad. That is it. I don't bring papers to grade. I don't bring my lesson books. I don't bring any of it. And if I want to do something on work, I can do it on my computer. And I just kind of leave it at that. Copies, laminating, all that other stuff stays at school. And I find opportunities to be able to get it done there. And that has made such a huge difference in me as a teacher, as a mom, as a business owner, in the things that I'm doing, because I have that separation. I leave work at work. And I mean, yes, I have a second job, but that's very different, right? So that school stuff, I leave it at school. It stays there. And I don't look at that unless I want to. I think you brought up a good point of doing what works for you, but owning it at the end of the day, like not complaining about it. So what I mean by that is like, if you want to pour yourself into work and that's truly what makes you happy, by all means, go for it. But then don't turn around and complain about, oh, I never have time to see my friends because you're making that choice. Exactly. And going back to what I mentioned about the work ethic, like if I'm being a hundred percent honest with myself over the past three weeks, have I been as productive as I've been in the past? No, but I'm okay with that because I'm in, again, this new season where now I'm like, I'm a freaking dog mom and I'm trying to figure that out. And so I'm giving her more of my attention and I'm not getting as much done, but I'm okay with that because that's making me happy. It's not okay for me to do that and, you know, throw the ball with her outside. And then at the end of the day go, oh, I have so much work on my plate. Well, yeah, because I'm not getting it done during the day like I used to. So it's okay to make those choices, but you have to own it. Yeah. And going back to this whole like pouring ourselves into work again, if that's truly what makes you happy, go for it. But something Bridget and I really wanted to bring up because it took me years to realize this. And I wish as a new teacher, I had known this. You are replaceable at your job as much as it sucks to say this. And it's heartbreaking because you're like, but I love this job. You are a number to your school or district. This didn't hit me until when I started teaching fourth grade, I had, she started as my assistant principal and then she moved into the role of principal. And she used to tell us, especially during the pandemic, if you were to be hit by a truck on your way to school this morning, which yes, that is super morbid. Okay. I I get it. I get it. But what she says is true. She's like, if you were to be hit by a truck on the way to school this morning, your job would be posted tomorrow. And like, you hear that and you're like, holy moly. Like, you know, why am I sacrificing this time with my fam family and my friends? And why am I like literally working myself to the point where it's affecting my health when 
my school or district is going to replace me. If I quit, if I'm killed, if any of that, like I'm a number to them. Yeah. I think, you know, that is such a good point is that, you know, we as teachers, I think we are very emotional creatures. We mm-hmm. we pour ourselves and we want to, you know, feel as though people love us and that they need us and that we do such a great job and that mm-hmm. I am a huge asset to my school or my district and, you know, that nobody could do what I do, that mm-hmm. type of situation. And you can love your admin. You can love your coworkers, your community. You can love everything about your school or district. But here's the the, the thing is that at the end of the day, every single one of those people, those parents, those, you know, your admin, your co-workers, all of them, they are going to do what's in their best interest at the end of the day. Yep. You could say, oh, I can never work for another admin. If you leave, I'm going to leave. That admin's not going to stay because of you. Okay. That admin's going to leave because they need to do what's best for them, what's in their best interest. And so if you go in with that in mind, with the, the whole thing that I know that they can like me, they can like me. But that doesn't mean that they can't replace me at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. because it is true. We are 100% replaceable and we have to have that in our mind frame. This is a job, right? Yes, we pour our heart and souls and we love those kids and we do everything that we can for it. But you have to remember that it is a job at the end of the day. It is not your life. It does not define who and what you are. Yep. And I think you and I, Bridget, have realized this through that business side of our lives because oh, yeah. it's oh, yeah. very, <laughs> very prevalent within the, the realm of, of business. It's like, I mean, literally, Bridget and I will say it, we're like, at the end of the day, it's just business because it when is. it comes to business, business owners, people that work for businesses, they are going to do what's in their best interest. I think the way you put that, Bridget, was perfect. Like they're looking out for them and what's best mm-hmm. for them and their families and their situation, et cetera. And yeah. I think that's where teaching is so different because we do let our emotions take over. And we do like, it's that whole like, but I just want the parents to love me. I want to be the best teacher their kid has ever had. And we need to start viewing it more as business owners do. Because at the end of the day, like districts, and schools, like they operate like a business. As much yeah. as they want to say, we're here for the kids, it's all about the kids. Uh-uh. So you, going back to kind of that whole thing of just kind of seeing it as like a business person and that it's just business at the end of the day, for, for teachers, I think what happens is that because we are so emotionally invested in what we do, we don't see that in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? You know, when we do start seeing it, when we're overwhelmed, we're burnt out, we mm-hmm. don't feel appreciated, we don't feel as though we're, you know, being given the credit or whatever it might be. It's already too late for us when we start thinking about what's in our best interest. Yep. It's already gotten to that point where it's like, okay, we're ready to leave. I just need to get out of this because I can't do it anymore. That's when we start looking out for us. We don't actually look out for us at any other point in our careers until it's already too late. Yes. And as you were saying that, it reminded me of 
this, I've been hearing about it a lot on like podcasts and Billy talks about it. It's called like the sunk cost analysis or sunk cost fallacy. I forget how it's put, but it's this idea of, but I've already poured so much into this. I can't let go of it now. That's why people stay in like relationships where it's not serving them, but they're like, I've been with this person for five years. I can't start over with someone else. And so they keep pouring into it, hoping, well, this time it's going to be better. This time it's going to make a difference. And they don't want to let it go because they've already put so much time, energy, money, whatever it is into that. Yeah. No, that's a really, really good perspective of it. I really like that. I feel like now I need to go and Google it once we're done with this episode. (laughs) But I feel like, you know, everything that we're talking about, you know, going back to it is that if we kind of share this and we open it up and we have conversations about the realities of what teaching is, we're able to kind of look at this from a very different perspective. We can start thinking about, oh, here's what really is important in life Mm -hmm. (laughs) versus, you know, what I'm constantly worrying about. It allows us to just kind of stop worrying about everyone else and just focus on what makes you happy at the end of the day. And obviously that's easier said than done. I know, I know. That is so hard, especially because as teachers, we tend to be people pleasers. We tend to want to appease people. And a lot of that means letting go of what makes you happy and doing what they want, regardless of what you know is going to make you happy. And like, I know I've struggled with this, even after making the decision that I knew was best for me, when I every single day have people messaging me, emailing me, saying, well, when are you going back to teaching? Are you going back to teaching? Or when are you going back to the classroom? And every time it's I'm Michelle's like, pet peeve. <laughs> it is only because I'm like, how come no one asked me, are you happy doing what you're doing? Like, yeah, because I know at the end of the day, I'm like, I love what I'm doing. And this goes back to what we've said this whole episode. It's that whole, what you can control versus what you can't. And at the end of the day, I was tired of dealing with things in the classroom that I couldn't control. And I feel like I have more control and I can make a bigger difference in the lives of teachers doing what I'm doing now versus what I was doing before. And so I know that I'm doing the right thing for me. And I know that what I'm doing makes me happy, but still every single day, I'm like, it's almost like they're coming back at me of like, but no, 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 we want you to do this. And I know. every single day, it's like, I have to make that choice to be like, no, I'm doing what's best for me. Yeah. No. And that's a really, it's an important thing to kind of remember um, is that you have to do what is best for you and you have to kind of discover the passions that you have. And maybe that leads you somewhere else, just like mm-hmm. it did for you. You mm-hmm. know, it led you to this different path. And, and I know, we, you know, Michelle and I have had so many different conversations just even about this topic and other things that she's kind of wanted to look at. And, you know, I'm not going to share that because that's not my place to share any of that like here on this podcast, but she has everything that she wants to do is still in the realm of teaching. Mm -hmm. It's still there to kind of help teachers. And that's okay. That's a decision that she ends up making for herself. I choose to, you know, stay in the classroom. And that again is a decision that I made for myself because it's, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Like, I just don't know how to tell you that, you know, here's why I made the decision to stay. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I do know insurance. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
a joke, guys. It's a joke. Oh, that was it's funny, joke. though. Because um, there's also a lot of truth to that. But There is some truth to that. I'm not going to lie. Kid insurance, guys. My Blaine, have you met Blaine? A child is going to break some bones in life. Yeah. he's, <laughs> he's uh, He needs some bubble wrap. But He does. I think that's a really good point. It's... <sighs> Teachers feel guilty for going into other roles and they shouldn't. And we as educators need to stop looking down on teachers that want to move into other roles because those are just as important. And, you know, like you said, you love teaching kids. And so I've had this like epiphany lately. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to give an analogy because I love analogies (laughs) and I'm going to bring it back to how it relates to teaching. So for the longest time I was a runner. I started as a runner. I ran for like 10 years, sprints, marathons, you name it. And I always identified as a runner. And I was like, running is what I love. It's what I'm good at. It wasn't until I shifted and started focusing on powerlifting where I realized, oh, I love this so much more. It's still fitness related. It's still within the realm of athletics, but I love powerlifting so much more. I love the way it makes me feel. I love competing. Like it's more me. And I didn't think like when I was a runner, I, I, I thought running was all I, you know, was meant Mm -hmm. to do. And it wasn't until I moved into another role where I was like, Oh, actually I love this so much more. And for me, I have found that that's also what teaching is like. It's still within the realm of education. And for the longest time, it's like, I wanted to be a teacher. I'm made to be a teacher. I'm good at being a teacher. It wasn't until I shifted into this role of now teaching teachers instead of teaching students where I'm like, I love this so much more. It's still within the same realm. It's still similar, but I now feel more like I'm made to do this than I ever was made to teach kids. And that's okay. And we have to be okay with recognizing and saying to ourselves that not every teacher out there is made to be a teacher mm-hmm. of kids. Exactly. I just got, we just got to put it out there. Like you might not be the best fit for the position that you're in. And if you have to switch to a different position to find what works best for you, then you need to do that. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And like, I don't think I was a bad teacher in the classroom. Just like, I don't think I was a bad runner, but I think I'm better suited for powerlifting, just like I think I'm mm-hmm. better suited for teaching teachers. And that's okay. Yep. Oh. Yep. And honestly, I'm sorry. This is She's my last going. thing. She's going. Last thing. I think the foundation that I built in running has really benefited me in powerlifting. Yeah. And it's made me that much better as a powerlifter, just like my experience as a classroom teacher has made me that much better at supporting other teachers. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> She's done, guys. She I really it. liked this episode, though. I did, too. I, I, you know, and guys, and I want to just reiterate, like, at the end of the day, you know, what we do here on Teaching on the Double is that we obviously want to help support you to help continue and to keep you in the classroom. You know what I mean? That's like what we try to strive for. Or within the realm of education. Yes. Or within the realm. And that's where I was going to go. It's just, and even if you are not kind of fitted for that classroom role, you can still look at how to kind of help and benefit and be able to change the lives of kids in other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
we wanted to do this episode because, you know, we have seen that so many teachers are leaving the classroom and, you know, we have seen that, you know, there is this big shift in what is happening within education. And I think if we are able to talk about it, if we're able to just kind of put it out there in the universe and make people start recognizing these changes and why these changes are happening, we have kind of more of this proactive problem, you know, problem solving mindset going mm-hmm. into it so that, you know, we don't have to hate our jobs. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with being a teacher, right? There's nothing wrong with it. I love being a freaking teacher. I, it's fantastic. I love going to work every day. I love the consistency. I love the routine of it. I love being able to work with kids. I love creating lessons. Like that is just what I do. But I still have all the other stuff that's kind of happening on the background. I shut my yeah. door and I ignore it. <laughs> well, that's a lot. It's, I mean, I don't ignore it, but I do shut my door. Yeah. You choose what to focus on and what not. And I think that's what I love now about our podcast. I actually love that we are in these two different roles and two different seasons and positions and everything because we can bring those different perspectives because it's like, yes, it's, it's fine to be like, I love teaching and yes, you know, it sucks sometimes and it's hard to deal with and, but I still love it. It's also okay to be like, you know what? I need to make a change and that's what's best for me. And that's fine too. Like, so I love that we have these, these different perspectives and we can bring it. So no matter who it is listening, like I'm sure you're identifying most likely with one or the other of us. Right. And that's yeah. okay. Cause we're both, we're both doing a great job at what we're doing. We're killing it. Smalls. Like, we're killing it. I mean, you know, <laughs> and, and I will go to this because I had a teacher partner back when I first started fourth grade and she always said this. And so now it's kind of just stuck with me. And so I've always said this. So if you're listening, which I know you listen to my podcast, um, this is this is for you. But one of the things that she would always tell parents is that, you know, she always said that I strive to be the teacher that I want my kids to have. Mm -hmm. And that is very true for me. Like I think about my two boys in education right now in a public education. And I truly do try to be the teacher that I would want them to have. And let's just be honest, if you're negative, if you hate it, if you're just going in there just to get your paycheck, but you don't really care about any of those kids, you need out. You just because I wouldn't want my child in your classroom. I'm going to be flat out honest. I would not want my child in your classroom. And it's okay. It's okay if you need to shift. It's okay to move to something else that brings you joy. Like, at the end of the day, yes, we need classroom teachers and we need great classroom teachers. We also need people in other areas of the school. And you know what? We need people who were teachers that are moving into other positions so they can bring that perspective with them. And that's why I think it's so important that we stop like crapping on teachers that leave the classroom when they move into other roles, because ultimately, isn't that what we want? Like we look at people in these higher up positions, whether it's within the board or other positions in the school. And we're always like, oh, but they don't get it. They don't know what it's like. Well, if they were in the classroom, they do know, they do know what it's like. And so we need teachers to move into those roles that they have those experiences rather than people who have never been in the classroom. But if we just Mm -hmm. give teachers a hard time every time they leave, like they're not going to move into those roles they're just going to go to something else so Mm. okay (laughs) 
I think we're going to just go ahead and end it here. Yeah. How about that, guys? Because yeah. I'm looking at the clock and it's like 53 minutes of yeah. just us <laughs> jabbering at you. Um, we really do hope that you've enjoyed this podcast episode. Um, we know that it was a heavy one. We know that it was one that just was a conversation that needs to be had, especially as we get closer towards the end of the school year. Um, hopefully it kind of gives you some perspective in, you know, in making in, uh, the decision that you need to make that's best for you. Because again, nobody else is going to look out for you. You have to look out for you. So be sure that you're doing that. Um, we do want to share on a lighter note uh, that our 2022-2023 planner for the upcoming school year is out and it is available. So go ahead and head to teachingonthedouble.com forward slash store and check out those planners. It comes in a Google slide and also a tablet version. We would also love for you to submit your time sucking hurdle. We want to know what is your TSH right now. So submit that there on our website and be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can get notified the next time we drop our new episode, which is on Thursday mornings, guys. You don't want to miss it. I promise. (laughs) And please make sure to leave us a review over on iTunes. It really does help us to get into the ears of so many teachers and we just love hearing from you. So until next time, be timely, stay organized and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.